Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Wendy Papazan. I'm Via Williams. And I'm Sarah Reynolds, and I'm super excited. Today, we are going to dive in to the how, the process of hiring talent. Uh, One of my heroes is Oprah Winfrey. And she has a quote that I love. And she says, it's only when you make the process your goal that the big dream will follow. I, I know that all of us have super big dreams for envisions for our organizations. And we have to make the process the goal, right? I know that each of you have committed to this in terms of having a process uh, for hiring talent and how you go about doing that. And so I want to dive in. But before we dive into the actual process, uh, we have to talk about why in the world do we have a process to begin with? And so I, I don't know about you guys, but man, I have had major feeling forward moments of hiring out of pain, right? You know that that someone someone uh, leaves your organization and you get the job back and you want to rush to get that filled as quickly as possible and you don't follow uh, a process. So let's talk about why in the world do we even have a process to begin with? And, and what are some stories uh, via on maybe some times that you have hired out of pain? Well, here's what I know. What I wanted to say is, is that my life and my world changed when I made the switch from stopping, you know, attaching to the outcome and attaching to the process instead. Because I, as long as I was defining the process as getting me to the outcome, I realized when I put the pressure and I rewarded myself and, and I structured my day around winning in the process, then the outcomes followed. And, and before, so what I was doing is I was just so attached to that outcome that I was, I was just constantly pulling everybody uphill. And when you attach to the process, you know, the process kind of pushes you up the hill. Well, I love that. But like, let's get real. You know, like I love this idea of like having a process for hiring. But the reality is, is that when you start a business, when you are building your empire, most of the time you start all alone. You're doing everything yourself and you're working your butt off. You're working 10, 12, 14, 16 hour days. And you look up and you say, I just cannot do it anymore. I need some help. Right. And so that first hire is, is just hired out of pain. You're like, I got to get somebody. I got to get somebody quick. You have no process. You have no time for a process. I think you're just happy. You're, you're just happy if someone's willing to come work with you. Exactly. Honestly, at exactly. that point, you're just like, yes. oh my gosh, thank yes. you for you're showing like, up. Please. <laughs> please, please, please come, come work with me. So for those of you that are in this uh, situation out there, we're going to save you guys a ton of pain, right? We're going to save you millions and millions of dollars, probably, yes. if you just stay tuned into this episode, because we're going to give you our process for hiring amazing people. And all you yeah. have to do is R&D it. Rip off and duplicate it. Don't try to get creative. <laughs> just just take it. Just re- like copy and paste it from the show notes and then we'll just follow. Exactly. So, so for those that have... Let's dive into a real life story, right? Of, of when you've hired out of pain and you've made the decision to uh, not follow the process... What, what did you learn from that? I, I know, Via, you've had some of those experiences. What, what have you yeah, learned from we that? We call those the fog and mirror hires, right? Where, yes. where you're basically desperate. And if someone like shows up and fogs a mirror, then they're hired, right? I am the queen of that happening. The first year I went from being a, a solo real estate agent to starting a team in 2012. 
Mm -hmm. I went through five assistants, ladies. I went through five assistants that year. And it was just plugging holes in in it. And it felt like a sinking ship. And actually, the ship was not sinking. But I mean, I'm the queen of that. I uh, it's probably the the hardest part of this journey of business building and entrepreneurship. I think. Yep, so true. But Wendy, who was your first hire? Even before I go there, I just want to acknowledge that if there's somebody out there and they're thinking about making their first hire, it's for me it was a super scary experience. You know, because I know that for some of you, you know, you had you at least had one other person in your in your business before you even started, which for Sarah and um, Seychelles was your mom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but for me, I was completely on my own. I um, was completely new to business and I had two, two toddlers and I needed some help. And because uh, that first year in real estate, I, I did a lot of business working part-time and so I needed help right away. And the idea of hiring someone was completely terrifying to me. And so I got some good advice, which was to somebody told me, you know what, save up three months of this person's salary, put that in the bank. And if they're not paying their way, basically, if you can't make enough money back at the end of those 90 days, then you should probably, you should probably let them go. Um, and so that was my mindset around that. And I didn't have much money. You know, I was new to my business. And so I ended up hiring someone who could work 30 days, 30 hours a week for me. Um, and that first that first person was actually pretty great. She she did a lot of tasks for me. Then at a certain point, I realized I needed more of a leader in my organization. Um, and so my my first hire wasn't terrible at all. But I just remember that like anxiety around going from having to just be the person you know the the person who's doing yeah. all the work to to having to look out for somebody else and their livelihood. It was. Really scary. And I I know Seychelles and I have sort of similar stories in terms Mm -hmm. of working with our moms. So I'm, and I know when Seychelles sort of took over leadership of of the business, uh, we had those experiences too, right? So tell us about that from like, yes, we had the background with our mom, but we had to still make some decisions, some big decisions in terms of hiring. Yeah. You know, I tease my mom. I'm like, I don't have 18 years to birth another like, person on our team, you know, like I don't have 18 years or or like I joined when I was 21, almost 22, right? Like I don't have 21 years to like fill our team, nor like the patients to do that. And your your six-year-old is fairly capable. She probably could run the business at this point. She, She pretty much runs me. So yeah, that's probably true. So, you know, we hired Marie was our first hire and she's been with us 18 years, which is pretty incredible. You know, I think now this is a lot more common, but you think about this in 2001 when we started this, she was a virtual assistant. She had to VPN into Barb's computer, right? And Mm. she was part-time. We met her. She was the volunteer coordinator at the Multiple Sclerosis Society here. So she had a real big servant heart. And we discovered that by um, lucking, fully lucking into hiring her, there was no like strategy or brains. It was just straight luck that we hired her. She started off as a virtual assistant, then became a full-time virtual assistant, then became full-time admin in office, aka Barb's house. And then I was actually the second hire. And then she became our first buyer's agent, listing agent, etc. And she was... I mean, it was just straight luck. But then we got tricked into thinking that we were geniuses... Because we had found this like unicorn of a magical human, right? Which she's incredible. And our second hire was, we thought, oh, wow, we need someone methodical and steady and stable and really consistent with their pace. But what that also meant was we didn't realize that we all operated a natural fast pace. 
And so we hired this next second admin to support Marie. She was so slow. She was very methodical, but her pace was so slow that by week three, we had completely worn her out. She was like crying every day on the job. Um, <laughs> she quit like and just like by text, never showed up the next day. And I don't blame her because we we totally missed all of all of the things. And so it really was a good lesson for us on on going back, realizing that there is to be his point a process, and yeah, maybe well, others have lived before us. And, and uh, I, we, I love that. I love that Seychelle <laughs> because if you if everybody didn't hear our last episode, which was also on talent, the yes. first thing we talk about is knowing yourself, and that's yes. really what you're talking about yes. is knowing who you are, knowing knowing who the people on your team are, right, and filling in those gaps, and not necessarily getting someone who's completely opposite. From yeah, you. and so pace. We discovered like we went back and really redefined who we are as an organization and what our traits are that are similar. Um, because I think you sometimes do look into your first hire. And I think a lot of us would have examples of that. But so we learned, right, that we're fast-paced is something that I can't drag you by your hair or beg you to want to come into work. You need to be self-motivated to get out of bed. I'm not going to beg you to come to work. You need to have a servant <laughs> heart, right? I need you to play well with others um, and have a servant heart, right? And I need you to be client-oriented or have a customer service forward-facing background that regardless of what position you are on the team, you need to have the team member and the client win. And we discovered when we have those traits, I can teach you all the rest. We can teach you real estate. We can teach you business. But if you don't have those traits, it's we know it's not going to work. Yeah. So uh, I think all of us on this podcast have a high sense of urgency, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love about this you process... <laughs> yes, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that to be true. One of the things I love about this process is you can see sense of urgency because there's multiple steps of things that they have to do. Yeah, And you can track how long it takes and things like that. So let's dive into the process, right? Um, yeah. There is... A, we do not want to hire out of pain. We want to make sure that we are following a process. It literally will cost you thousands of dollars. Hundreds not, of thousands. Yeah. yeah, hundreds of thousands to not follow a process. So we call this a career visioning process as well. Well, and can I just just for 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 people who maybe don't have a business yet, can we just dive into that? Like, sure. I know you want to get into the process because um, that is your favorite thing. Because she, that's her jam. Yeah. That's Sarah's jam. Yeah. she's awesome at it. But but I mean, just to walk people through that. So imagine a bad hire who steals money from you, or mm-hmm. doesn't follow mm-hmm. up with clients, or doesn't get that deal done, right? So the the pain and cost of a bad hire could be hundreds of thousands of dollars for those reasons. Right? Yes. Yep. And, and even the hours alone, like all of us are worth a good amount, our dollar per hour. Right. And it just the hours alone that we have to put into rehiring and retraining, that alone is thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of dollars over time when you don't follow a process. So now that we've successfully scared everyone to not want to hire, we should teach you how to do it properly. Yes, yes. <laughs> do, do I have Wendy's permission to now dive into the process? Okay, or? process time. <laughs> process time. Okay. Um, so the first step in the process is to uh, do a phone interview, um, and I know that that might sound semi-simple for some for 
some of our listeners. Um, I don't know about me, but what, about you. Uh, but when I first got the, okay, you have to do a phone interview. It's like, okay, where, where do we even start with that? So I know Via, you have an awesome sort of phone interview system. Can you share that with us? Well, and, and I, and I hate to keep interrupting and I'm sorry guys, but I just, I did just want to point out that, you know, that even before we jump into the phone interview, it, the, the ad that you write, yes. right? This idea of, of figuring out what you want and what you need is so important. Yeah. And if, if you are a solopreneur, if you're out there on your own and looking to build an empire, the best way to do that is to put a piece of paper on your desk, write my not to do list. Yes. On it. Keep it on your desk for two weeks. And every time you have that like eh, feeling about what you're doing, write that down. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when you, yep. when you get a whole page of stuff, guess what you've got? Yeah, yeah we, have, we have planned an awesome episode on attracting talent and the ads that you write and making sure that you're attracting those that you want to attract. And, uh, and before yep. we dive into, I do want to talk about phone interview and I want to amplify Wendy because it all starts with clarity. And I think that yes. was her point. I think, I think the real um, essence of what she was trying to say and where a lot of us fall down is when we're not clear about what the definition of the role is and what winning in that role is, then either are they. And it's really hard to hire somebody if you don't have clarity. I, I often tell people you should be spending more time up front being uh, you know, reflective and, and really thinking about, about that role than, even than you are in the process. And most people are the opposite. Yeah, which yep. is extremely hard if you're working 12, 14, 16, 18 That's right. hours a day to do that. And so we're just going to tell you, you guys are going to fail your way forward through this like mm-hmm. we all have. Raise your hand if you fell forward through this process. Okay, all, all of four us of us have our hands up. Yep. And if you could listen to us a tiny little bit and follow some of this the first time around, you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and money. money. A lot. Yes. So much so, money. So here's the thing. So like like any of you, and Wendy, I love that you keep bringing us down to, you know, like, hey, like what if you don't even have this process? What if you have one other person? So like anything, I would urge you, anyone here listening to jump in. So first of all, just jump in. Do a phone interview, you know, use our baseline of questions. That's great. You don't have to necessarily do that, take that and take what I do. But what I did one day is I just realized I was spending so much time on the phone interview. And so I just, you know, got efficient. I got super clear on what I wanted and I just started mass texting. I had a I had it on my iPhone notes and I would copy and paste the text and I would have a Calendly link in, in 15 minute increments. And I just had a text that basically said, Hey, I, I saw your job application on Deed or or Wendy Papazan told me about you, or you know, whatever it was, I would maybe change a little of it. And then they would schedule 15 minute phone calls with me. And this is what I know. The phone is really important. I used to kind of blow this off. But if, if someone can't do good phone, they probably can't work in my industry. There, there's not one role where the phone isn't important. They need to, to, to have a good communication style. I need to <laughs> kind of get a quick sense. Can I bond with them? I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm judging there. But, but you know, I, I, I would just call everybody and have these long, unfocused convos. And mm. it just wasn't working. And so I, I don't want to get you all tripped up on like, Via has this big fancy system. It really is not that fancy. It was like, I got a free Calendly account. You can do 15 minute increments. I just copied and pasted a bunch of text messages. And guess what? There's a system done. Boom. Yeah, I love that. And I just actually had an aha for a future episode, guys, which is, 
going from E to P in your business. Yeah, in every oh. in every way. Yeah. So, yep. and it starts with jumping in, doesn't it? It starts right. with jumping in. Well, and if you if you're yeah. not trying it, you're not going to figure out where your inefficiencies are or where your failures are, and so you have no system to improve, right? You you started by failing your way forward and having a ton of conversations, and then realizing I'm having a ton of conversations but not getting the results I want. So how do I move that forward? I love that via. That's cool. Yeah. So we're doing your phone interview. You've got yep. your process for it, and Via's going to put that in the show notes, right? Great. That's awesome. awesome. So then uh, second is uh, the thought process question. So you've narrowed it down after you do the phone interview, who you want to actually do a, a deep dive with on the the thought process that they have. Um, so why why do we even start with that? So, so it's important for us to realize that we're starting with the way that they think first and foremost. And so tell us a little bit about that process for you, Seychelle, in terms of the thought process questions. You know, I... I, Wendy and I both kind of fall into this camp where I want somebody to be able to operate entirely autonomously. Actually, that's really all four of us, right? I want somebody to be able to really operate without me having to hold their hand. And so if obviously I need to train them, right? We talked about that in a previous episode, right? On the training and the environment to get them up and running. But once they're really up and running... I need to be able to trust who they are, what decisions they're going to make, and what actions they're going to take to be able to work independently, right? I don't want to... I'm not a good micromanager. I never have been. And so I don't want to micromanage people. And I'll give you an example of a massive failure on this. Wendy actually met a candidate that I got into business with. And it was a person that I had seen in a corporate environment who was... This person was aggressive smart, maybe a little too smart in some ways, and really motivated. And so I I looked at their thought process because they were driven to figure out how to succeed. And the word of like the theme in our industry at the time was aggressive. And so I was like, oh yeah, this person, their thought process is really aggressive and really assertive and they go after it, right? And what I didn't catch in the thought process interview was that they also were slippery in situations and kind of shady in situations. And Wendy actually caught it. And we we had a miscommunication because we didn't know each other well enough at the time. She saw that in this person and I didn't yet. And I hired this person, got into business with them in a business. And about 2 months after I got out of business with this person, because it ended up not being a right personality fit for the two of us, this person started embezzling. And not yeah. just embezzling in minor ways, guys, like embezzling like half a million dollars from people embezzling, like wow. banned from real estate for life embezzling. And I'm, I'm thankful I listened to my gut in the business relationship. We lost money, but not nearly half a million. But I'm thankful that I started to pay attention to my gut. But I should have... There were signs in that thought interview, yeah. like in that thought process where I should have picked up on that. And if I had waited two more months, we would be... Easily half a million to a million in the hole right so now. So you didn't yeah. you didn't skip it. You didn't skip that part of the process, but you right. did. But I didn't pay attention to, what to was it. Said. Right? They, she was telling me. I just was hearing what I wanted to hear. Yeah. There's two lessons there. First of all, if your if you think your friend is going down the wrong road, you should tell her. Sorry about yeah. that, Seychelle. Well, that's okay. I I mean, I made the decision at the end of the day, so. Well, I appreciate that though. Yeah. If so, you see something, say something for sure. And I think especially when it comes to hiring, we do so much hiring out of pain yeah. that we we often do exactly what Seychelle is talking about is, is we look at them on paper 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe we've given them a personality assessment. We look at the disc and they're a high D, which is what right. we're looking for. And we sort of overlook everything else. Yeah. And I know for me that I always know if someone is a good fit for my organization or not right away. Yeah. I almost always do with, with, with experience. And so listening to your intuition, mm-hmm. right? There's always that little voice that's telling you, you know what? Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. But you're ignoring it. Yep. Yes. And I was. That's exactly and, what happened. And yep. when I paid attention to it, that's when we got out of business. They made a couple moves that to me felt really not cool and very not above board. And so I quickly exited the business relationship. And I'm so thankful I listened to my gut then, but I, I could have avoided it if I had just listened to it in the first place. Yeah. And I also don't want to gloss over something Wendy said. I want to go back, Wendy. That was really, really good. You said mm-hmm. with experience. Mm-hmm. So so the only really way for, like forward to fail forward on this is you're doing about 100 talent interviews a year and sometimes more yes. if you're in a heavy hiring season, right? And and so the only way to get that instinct is through experience, is to get your 10,000 hours in, right? The other thing I wanted to point out is it's a classic mistake we have all made. And the focusing question is, what am I not admitting to myself? What am I not, what am I pretending not to see? Yeah. Yes. Well, and also, likability is very underrated. You know, if you're gonna, if 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 you are gonna be with someone eight to ten hours a day, you you should really like them. You know, and I've made that mistake before, where I've hired a talented person and I didn't really like them, or maybe I didn't feel comfortable, or they didn't have like the level of integrity that I wanted them to have. Right. And and it's just really important. I couldn't agree more. So I I missed an important point because I was just so excited to go over this uh, process that the the thought process is sort of two, there's two parts of it. The first is uh, we send something that's called a KPA. So the KPA is an assessment and it does help us with their thought process, but it also helps in terms of matching in certain certain positions on a real estate sales team or in, a, in the real estate industry. And then we use the KPA to sort of then ask them the thought process questions as, as a guide, as, as through the process. So that was awesome just hearing he, hearing that. Um, and the KPA is proprietary to, to Keller Williams and, and they sort of... Not sort of. They developed it uh, mm-hmm. for us, which but has any been a, a huge assessment. Tool. Any, I think. I think the spirit of this is any behavioral assessment, right? There's a whole right, bunch. Right. A lot of people use Myers Briggs. There, there's a whole bunch, and, and as long as you sort of commit to learning one and use it mm-hmm. in your organization, and and your organization talks the same language, it, it's all right. Good. Right. I think the other part of that too is it's it, to remember that, it, like I did, don't do don't be Seychelle in this moment early in her career where you. <laughs> it's gonna be great. We can just talk about how not to be Seychelle in this episode. Don't don't look at it as a pass fail. Don't look at it as a check the box. Look at it as an opportunity to ask deeper questions and to ask how are you not like that? If they, if something comes up and they say, "Well, that's not me," right? You need to go in and, and ask those questions and use it as a conversation to stay in curiosity and seek first to understand. Don't use it to check a box or look at somebody without going over it with them as a pass fail. Because if oh, they're willing to take so it, good. you have to then honor them and really verifying or validating that personality assessment with them to make sure that that is the person that showed up. Don't just take it as a checkbox. Yes. And I, for us that are, that are process oriented that want to check things off, sure. um, we have learned some, 
some big lessons of just like, oh, I just yeah. checked it off. I wasn't even listening to what they were saying. I was just, oh, I had the meeting and it did, it did the yes. thought process questions, right? Um, well, and, so, and, yep. and just to remind you that the whole point behind the thought process is to help your, to help you understand how that person thinks. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. That's Especially why under stress. Process. That yeah, for me is especially. really what I look for is how are they going to think when they're super stressed out? And how can I either lead them? Yeah, how can I help lead them? How can I drag them out when they're hiding in their house, not opening their shutters, right? Or are they going to get aggressive? Are they going to just check, make a list and go forward? Are they going to just drive their way forward? What are they going to do when they get freaked out and stressed out? And and that's the person that I need to expect is going to show up during that time and be okay with that. And what I've loved about learning and then using this process over the last few years was that I used to do it reverse, right? I used to like learn their thought process after I hired them. Uh, versus this is now in the beginning, you know, towards the beginning of the process. And so how much time do we save when those thought process isn't matching what we're looking for, right? You know, that reminds me, Sarah, uh, one, of the, one of the things that was taught to me early on, and, and I just loved it, and it's kind of become like a, a deeply held belief for me, is that any, any process, any hiring process like this, that's kind of a long one, you know, an arduous long process, isn't meant to give you perfection. It's just meant for you to know how they're going to show up. So, so losing is being surprised. Winning is, is not necessarily, you know, you can have, you can have understood how they're going to show up and they still don't work out as a hire. I would argue the process still worked if you weren't surprised. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and something we didn't mention at the beginning is, is that a typical interview for most of you is, is like a 30 minute sit down interview where you ask a bunch of pat questions and anybody can be anyone in 30 minutes. That's right. Right. But what this process does is there's many steps. And after each step, you take a step back, you think about it, you analyze, is this the right person for the job? You you look at your job description, you look at this person. And then by the time the seven steps are over, you've probably spent three, four, maybe even five hours yeah. with that person, which is, and other which people is are also involved in a game changer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and you so, know, anyone can be good on the first date, but the second date, you show up a little different. The third date, you show up a little different. <laughs> you know, the fourth date, you're really comfortable. And so, you know, I kind of... 20 years of marriage in a quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's like us with our with this podcast. Remember, mm-hmm. it was like uh, the professional hair and makeup, the yes. first few episodes. <laughs> Yeah, we're fully on the beach waves at this point. Exactly. I need a haircut. That's right. (laughs) So so we've got the thought process uh, questions down. So then the the next step, um, it reminds me of the Zig Ziglar quote, which is everything that occurs teaches and prepares you for the next stage of life. Nothing Mm. is lost. And Mm. it's the process, their life story uh, which I don't know about you guys, but th- this part of it is this and also the next phase is are my two favorites. And so I love hearing uh, hearing their their life story. Um, and I know Seychelle, you have you have a great uh, story to go along with that. Well, what what does that look like, Sarah? And you want to just walk us through a little bit about what that interview looks like? Before sure, sure. So Seychelle so, tells her story. Yes. Um, so you want to go back through events in their life. So typically uh, we start with college. Um, now, if it's someone that is younger, so they haven't 
had as many experiences. You might go far back as, you know, high school and go through their sort of life story. And what you're doing is you're you're tying the time the timeline so uh, of when they were in college, let's say, and and you go over um, some questions that you're asking them, what they learned from it, what were their biggest successes, what what did they, what did they um, really take from that time of their life? And while you're going through the process, you're also asking about their income. So then you can see sort of their life story in terms of income. Um, and so if any of you have anything to add a more description to that, that would, you can obviously hop in. But, you know, highs you know, and lows and lessons that they learned as well. Right. Yes. And I think you also have to be careful on the income piece because that's up to them if they want to disclose that part, right? I think with a lot of HR laws, depending on what state you're in, what country you're in, um, you want to make sure that if whether or not you can or can ask about the money, but some some places let you, some places don't. You know, when we looked at thanks our, for we, the disclosure. You're welcome. Just, yeah. just covering everyone. You know, make sure yes. you know your local laws and ordinance, ordinances. Yes. <laughs> for for those of you out there, our legal department is cringing right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh wait, we don't have a legal department. <laughs> okay, so just full disclaimer: whatever you do, guys, just don't get yourself sued. Okay, now that we yeah. disclaimer that. Um, yeah, <laughs> just don't get sued. So, you know, we have we had a, a, a director of sales who is this amazing human being on our team um, for five years. And when I was interviewing her originally, she had been the top salesperson at every single organization she'd ever been in. And I'm looking at her life story and it's like amazing, you know, salesperson, top salesperson in the country, top salesperson in the world, top salesperson in the world. What was also showing up was that she'd never been given a leadership opportunity in any organization she'd ever Mm. been in, which I thought was really interesting. But when you looked at her community involvement, it was led the youth group, led the mission trip, led the couples retreat, led the, you know, led the prayer group, led the community, led the friends, led the family. Everywhere else in her personal life was showing up as leadership. And... Like I'm staring at this life story and it's like every professional organization she'd ever been in had never given her a shot at leadership because they were so afraid of losing her revenue that they didn't want to put her into an opportunity to lead others. And I'm sitting Mm. here staring at this going, holy cow, we have this person that is unproven talent in the leadership side, top performer in the sales side, that if they can get in and nail the role on the sales side might actually be a really amazing opportunity on the leadership side. And um, after nailing the role for about six months, we started working that person into a leadership role over the next year. And she did things for our organization, put systems into our organization and created frameworks for our organization that we never would have had without her. And Mm. I think about, man, what could those other companies have had if they had just paid attention to her life story? Mm-hmm. And, yes, that's and all of her personal life showing up screaming, I want to help give other, you know, give to others, serve others, lead others. What did they miss if they had just given her a chance that we got the opportunity to have in our world because all those other companies failed to see that? Love and that. and th- that such a good story. And, and it reminded me of, you know, when I first started building our organization, I wasn't following this process. Mm-hmm. And about Four or five years ago, I dove in and really uh, wanted to master it. And I started with my current team members. And I remember sitting and doing the life story with so many of them. And I I learned that I was missing things like what you just brought up, Seychelle, with many team members that I think I would have lost over the years had I not stopped Mm. and gone back through the process with them. And I want to encourage anyone that's listening, Mm. if you have your team members right now that you have not done these steps with, 
it's not too late. I mean, mm-hmm. I sat them all down and it took me a month to go through everyone, uh, but it made such a big difference to go through and really dive into their life story in, in the rest of the process. Well, and what value did you sow into them, Sarah? That's so cool. Um, going back and really almost re-recruiting your team, right? Yes. And And going back and really getting to know their deepest desires and who they are and where they want to be. Um, I yep. think that's awesome and a great place to start if you haven't done that. Go practice with your existing team first. I love that. Absolutely. Well, I guess I was just going to say, you know, especially in a larger larger organization, I think that's pretty common what you're talking about, Sarah, where maybe somebody's been in a role for a while and you see them in that role and you see them as that person, right? But a lot of times we need to go back and kind of revisit um, who they are, where they want to go, because leadership does show up in people's lives. You know, it's too hard of a job Mm -hmm. for people who enjoy it to be doing in other parts of their life. And, uh, and leadership is rare. You know, it's yeah. really rare. We, so we want to have more leaders in our organization. We want to have people who can take us to the next level through their leadership. We don't want to have to do it all. We don't want to have to push that ball up the mountain by ourselves, you know? Yeah, I, I found out through going through the life story with a current team member that had been with me for a couple of years. He had been a trainer oh. for, for, for shoe, all the top shoe sales companies for 20 years. He would go into different regions and train on how to sell shoes. I didn't know that. And I learned through the life story, I was missing out on an amazing trainer on my in my organization and I had no idea, right? Did that feel um, like the heavens opened up and the skies started singing when that happened? I can just imagine you in that interview like, oh. Yes, no, it, it was amazing. So this this process is so crucial, and we want we're we are going to dive into the rest of the process in our next episode. And for me, I I had so many uh, takeaways uh, f- from this episode. So first of all, thank you. I, I always learn from each of you uh, so much every podcast that we do. And so Seychelle sharing her experience in terms of uh, not not following it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, failing forward through thinking that, oh, we've got this all on lockdown because we we really hit it out of the park with our with our first hire, right? That's right. And then just making sure that we do have systems in place for things that might seem maybe small, uh, like the phone interview uh, that VIA put together, uh, the system for that. And then making sure that we're going over a proven sort of behavioral assessment like the KPA, Myers-Briggs, things like that. Um, And then diving into really, for me, the biggest gold nugget, do not check off the box. Yes. Be listening, listening to your instincts, as Wendy uh, mentioned. Do not check them off, as Seychelle mentioned. But this was this was awesome, guys. And I can't wait to uh, dive into the rest of the process in our next episode. So, so tune good. in to learn about the rest. Thanks for listening to Empire Building. If you like what you heard, join our tribe by subscribing to your favorite podcast platform and help us spread the word by leaving a five-star rating and review. Until next time, wishing you a life worth living. And remember, you are an empire builder.